Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Benjamin Richardson. Hello. And Ewan Patterson. Hello. There was an awkward silence then. It was really weird. There was, but the people on the edit won't know that we have to start in silence. But that's the thing that Rich tells me to do, so it can be edited properly. So you just broke the fourth wall there. Now they're going to know how all of our trade secrets are ting. But yes. You don't know if you have You don't. But for now, um, I thought we'd delve into all the games that are coming across the summer. Because for me, initially, before I started having a bit of Google, it felt like everything, that it was a bit of a lull. It felt like the summer wasn't going to have that much. I mean, that tends to be the case with summer. Yeah, I think. I guess they always assume that we're going to go out and run around and, I don't know, go on beaches and stuff, but I'm not doing any of that. Are you guys doing any of that? Uh, I Pit of beaches it, and that? Time mouth's lovely this time of year. It is, to be honest. Um, I think the thing is, I, I always think that the video game companies, just like, it's like they've forgotten their homework at the last yeah. minute and they're all trying to submit a deadline that they've extended for months and months and months and now they're kind of in a really like disheveled state <laughs> and then they just shove it all into one tiny hole at the end just of the year. Kicking it all out. Pushed it through and then you just like, oh, too many games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always longing for a better spread of, uh, of titles. So I've kind of got a handful for each month uh, until we get to September when there's only one. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to break down what's coming across June, July, August and September um, because according to the Met Office, summer is the 21st of June to the 23rd of September. So that's the time window that yeah, we're working with. I mean, with. realistically, that's nonsense. It is a little bit, to be honest, <laughs> but it gives, us, it gives us some parameters to work with. Um, so the first thing I've got down, which is right on the 21st of June, is Crash Team Race and Nitro Fueled uh, in uh, 21st of June, which I am ridiculously excited I, for. You've never mentioned it before. I might have ever, mentioned it ever. every single day. You don't day. sit next to me and talk about this game. Or, <laughs> or uh, yeah, we, so we, we haven't had several arguments about this game. No, see, okay, what, what was your, what's your opening gambit that Mario Kart's better? Is that your, I mean, is that your madness? I don't even think it's an opinion. It's. I, I mean, you're right. <laughs> it's almost like received wisdom at this point. Crash Team Racing's a, it's, it's a good game. It's better, isn't it? To it's, be honest. <laughs> A Mario Kart clone, and well, one which, as most clones are in science, is well, a depreciated version of the, of the Like the dolly the sheep of... Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Clones are good. Okay, have you seen the second Sub-Zero? He's better than the first one. Actually, <laughs> maybe that's not even true. But anyway, yes, uh, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel is coming out, which uh, me and Jules were lucky enough to go down to London and play some of. Um, you can check the, the, the channel to uh, find that. What I will say is I'm going to reserve my judgment, and I will play this remake, mm-hmm. and it has a <clears> second <throat> chance to win me either. Well, the thing that, like, that locked me in to it is is that they've replicated the physics of it. You've got just as much weight behind all the uh, the cards, the way you throw yourselves into the corners. Um, is very much, not the opposite, but you know in Mario Kart, you can do these massive arcing drifts kind of yeah. thing. Uh, in Crash, you're very much picking a line and sticking to it as you go through the apex of a corner.
corner. Um, so that feel is the thing that I love, but that might still put you off if that always did put <laughs> I think you off. Especially if you're used to Mario Kart's physics or lack of. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to pretend like I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and not that this game is as old as I am. So It might be older than you. 96? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is 99. Oh, 99. So, okay, I'll yeah. three then. A little bit of three-year-old. The year um, of the Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, the thing that I think they've prioritized is, is just nailing the feel of the original because obviously we had Nitro Kart and Tag Team Racing, which I think you played. I played the one. Is that the one where you morph together and you can That's like team, screw yeah. over you? I love that. That was really good. See, I dropped Why off. Why are remaking then? that, Scott? I don't know, but well, they've got um, Tag Team Racing carts in this. So if you had a favorite cart, you can have that, but not any tracks. They've got tracks from CTR I and Nitro Kart. I thought that morphing element was what kind of distinguished that mm. series for me apart from Mario Kart. Unless it was really played, He's going to say Double Dash. Double Dash. Yeah. Oh, right, well, <laughs> That's where they got it from. I've never done that. <laughs> that was the thing, though, because uh, Naughty Dog obviously did the first Crash Team Racing. They then sold off Crash. Um, I forget who they initially sold him to. Um, but all these other devs sort of leapt in and did the follow-ups, which is why a hardcore fan like myself just went, I'm not playing these things that aren't Naughty Dog. I want my OG. So if they can nail the feel of it, then I think that'd be pretty good. Um, the next thing down is Judgment, which is out on the 25th of June. Have you guys heard of it? I'll tell you what it is if you haven't. I have heard of it. Good. But please refresh us. <laughs> you, you haven't heard of it? No, no, no. It's, it, I feel threatened by it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so this was initially this, called... Let me just ask because it's judgment spelled with an E no see it's the American spelling which just always looks a bit weird wait there's no E there's no E in the American spelling of that Um, as growing up as a wrestling fan I always thought the judgment day looked a bit weird Um, but yeah they spell it judgment so you know but um, the 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 judgular judgular so yeah so this initially was called uh, Judge Eyes which was a much better name to be honest Um, sounds like a character from Judge Dredd (laughs) or like a really bad superhero Um, so yeah this is uh, the next game from the Yakuza team the Ryo Gagatoku uh, studio that have been doing Yakuza for many, many years at this point, um, their first new IP that they're, they're going to put out. Um, and as an absolutely huge Yakuza fan, um, I can't Loves wait the to see it. the real-life Yakuza Scott Taylor. Oh, fan. they're brilliant. But also, <laughs> I don't even know if they're good or not to be endorsing on a podcast. Probably so not. The, the Yakuza series is even more fun. Yes. <laughs> well, see, we'll, we'll get to this later, but you're a, you're a big Shenmue fan, so okay, you should yeah, love well, Yakuza. Well, you'd think. I would. If based on that opinion. <laughs> uh-huh. However, I actually find that a bit of a misnomer. I think Yakuza... It has a lot of similarities with Shenmue. Yes. It's got a lot of the artifacts of Shenmue, but it's a very different type of game. Especially action-wise, I yeah, guess. Yeah, because yeah. it's about throwing everything at the wall. You can do all these different things. Literally it's people all... at the walls. Yeah, literally. Yeah. You can hit people with sharks and <laughs> go playing karaoke, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's it. all like over the top, mm-hmm. whereas Shenmue is excessively mundane. The yeah. whole the point of Shenmue is to do almost nothing. <laughs> which... But then you dial that phone. Eh? Well, it, you simulates, push those buttons. it simulates real life, which is dull. Yeah. And it does it extremely well. You get look after a cat in a box? Yeah. Pretty good I, cat. I have a Dreamcast, I know how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Judgment is, um, they're basically using the same tech as the Yakuza games. You have very similar combat from the looks of it. Um, but the story is going to be way more detective thriller. Um, you're playing as a dude called uh, Takayuki Yagami. Um, and it's just, apparently it's more like a slow burn thriller. The sort of things that they've been saying is that um, they wanted to be familiar, but in the story sense, it'll be something different. Because mm. um, Yakuza, as it went on, just got more and more ridiculous. You yes. had uh, Kazuma Kiryu just taking on literal rockets being fired at him <laughs> as he was dodging out the I way. I mean, I realize I'm making... A very different comparison here because mm. obviously you know Japanese cinema and, and Hong Kong cinema is very different. But the only mm-hmm. experience I have of a game similar to this would be uh, Sleeping Dogs, and yes. that was a very that was very derivative of like John of uh, Infernal Affairs. Yeah, like a Point Break yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But if they could kind of do that, but with this, mm-hmm. I'd be in for it again because I really like I like seeing that 
representation. Oh man, yeah. The so, yeah. um the thing that I I love about the studio and the way that they write the games is they they prioritize big stupid like like jaw dropping twists. Like literally, characters be like, oh, I can't believe this person was a clone of this person all along, or this person was the person's brother that's been dead for twenty years, and whatever. You've got a lot of like Saturday morning soapboxy type twists, and I live for that as a Metal Gear fan. Not getting a Metal Gear fix these days, so you've got to you got to take it where you can. Got to have the metal uh, fear. Yes. So um, the next thing down is on the same day. Um, Judgment was on the twenty fifth of June. If I didn't say that before. And the next one down is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Um, Now, this will have already been out for a week on the PS4 and the Xbox One, but I'm sticking to my strict summer rules. So the 25th of June is when Bloodstained releases on the Switch. So Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is the follow-up to Castlevania. It's the spiritual successor. um, It's Koji Garashi, who was was a scenario developer on Symphony of the Night. Mm -hmm. And this is very much that style of Castlevania. Yeah. Uh, This was a Kickstarter project, and I think... He was inspired by Mighty Number no. Nine. Oh, wow. that. Not necessarily the, oh, success, the, the, the foreign the result of the game, but success. Yes, yeah, yeah. certainly the, the idea of it's solid though. The yeah. funding success of it, and uh, <laughs> I think it was the highest-grossing <clears throat> Kickstarter campaign until another game we'll get onto later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Five point five million dollars. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the stretch goals was um, a NES-style Castlevania game called yes. um, Curse of the Moon. Curse of the Moon, yeah. Which I actually <laughs> I actually prefer those old-style Castlevanias. Particularly the first one and mm-hmm. uh, Super Castlevania. I still like wholeheartedly Honestly. recommend it. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you want to play a Castlevania like Symphony of Night, there's a, a slew of decent games on the DS mm-hmm. and the Game Boy Advance that are overlooked. However, I'm fairly sure this will be excellent based because mm-hmm. based on the um, Curse of the Moon. Mm-hmm. That really captured the feel of NES games perfectly, yeah. and I feel like there's no reason why this won't do. I'm not sure if it was um, Igarashi that was in the, the recent teaser where they sort of did, they very they, they addressed the fact that over the course of the Kickstarter, um, they put out some trailers and showed some general graphics and stuff, and apparently the feedback on the the various forums wasn't like oh my god we're blown away. Um, so they did a very like fourth wall breaky like let's address this head on type trailer, um, where they had like old and new or something where they had like it was like poo and new or something like that, and they went like you know this is our old NAF attempt at doing the graphics, but we're going to remix it and put some more focus on. On that um so at least visually it's kind of got like a more distinctive look now it's kind of cell shaded and it seems like it's really colorful um not things that i would associate with symphony of the night like uh, i kind of go more down the like gothic horror I was sort of gothic look. horror bad voice acting um <laughs> yeah if they could hire some worse voice actors that might actually make it more <laughs> yeah, authentic. Go full hammer horror yeah but um are you looking forward to a bit of bloodstained as a castlevania fan I assume you're a Castlevania fan. Honest, well, I like am. I say, I'm a Castlevania fan but less so of the metroidvania style mm. games mm-hmm. um but yeah, I have to say I am because I'm, I, just, I mean I it's like old that school. old school experience. I, mm-hmm. I like Metroidvanias generally. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that term. It's a bit of a weird one because let's not open this now. So this is a big debate. <laughs> Symphony Unite took a template from Super Metroid and uh-huh. just copied it in a castle. Yeah. I don't know why it gets <laughs> ownership of that term. But the castles way. <laughs> yeah, people, people like the castles as much as the sci-fi people. You and DC stuff leaping in to I, a I random side scroller thing. I might actually do that though because I really like the, uh, the Netflix series. I finally watched that. Yes. The month. Oh god, uh, it's so good. I love like the, the whole idea of Castlevania mm-hmm. has always really appealed to me because I love gothic horror. Like I, it's my it's my jam. Mm-hmm. So like anything that kind of like that has the, even the vaguest hint of coming back into that I'll definitely <laughs> I, try I that wonder girl. if there's anyone out there who would jump into this debate to argue for 3D Castlevania games as the favourites do you mean Lords of Shadow like the God of War style one I played two that. on the N64 okay. as well yeah. there's two yeah. uh, there's one on the N64 the best thing I can say for it 
the, the highlight is the title screen. Mm. <laughs> um, it's got a woman playing. What a title screen! <laughs> yeah, she's I mean, got you know, a woman uh, Lords of Shadow, like that seems to be they're, they're pretty much washing their hands of that whole deviation because that was very much inspired by God of War. Yes. Um, and there's no more, no more official Castlevanias anyway. But this is the next, the nearest thing that we could get. Um, so the end of June um, comes with Mario Maker Two on the 29th of June. Do we, do we excited about a bit of Mario Maker? I'm very excited. Um, obviously, you look very excited. I, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's just as excited as I get. Nintendo, we've seen about how developers tend not to release games in the summer, pile mm-hmm. them all in for the Christmas period. Mm-hmm. Nintendo don't do anything that anyone else does. No, they just do stuff so whenever they One want. of their biggest games for June, obviously, mm-hmm. um, which I've done before, by the way. Wind Waker, I think, came out in June 2002. Mm-hmm. It's, it's another example of them trying to reap back some of the losses mm-hmm. from the Wii U. Which makes perfect sense. Mario Maker was an excellent game. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Like, a really great piece of kit. Which, Just infinite Mario. Yeah, which unfortunately not enough people played. On the 3DS version, very similar and a bit more success. Yeah, yeah. But this one looks just to be the same but more. Mm-hmm. I know it's uh, it's got a new theme based on Super Mario 3D World mm-hmm. and there's going to be uh, online cooperative so you can create a stage with someone else at the same time. I'm not quite sure how that works. I guess you just have two little floaty things and you put in if different levels together. If you've ever tried to build Lego sets with a friend, yes, it does not usually end well. Unless you you plan and you divide the instruction booklets. Yeah, or divide <laughs> it by, by colour or by brick, brick size and Maybe. Stud, stud length. Yeah. The thing that I want them to do, because um, they had, I think it was like the 100 Mario Challenge or whatever in the other ones. It was definitely in the 3DS one, um, which is just, you know, they, it has like an algorithm that just pulls all the all the different creations submitted by the community and just serves you up like 99 or 100, whatever levels. I think it was a 99 level challenge, actually. There's, there's a, it's a, a new, good way to get everything, anyway. There's, there's a Nintendo mandated uh, story mode on this with 100 levels. Is there? Where you're supposed to try and help rebuild Peach's Castle, but obviously the, the, the real appeal is user creators. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, this is one of the only sort of like community driven, you know, like make your own fun type games that I think actually really comes together, mainly because the guts of Mario are so tight and it's very easy to make really good fun levels. I was going to say, it's very difficult to get Mario wrong. Yeah, exactly. Even when in the hands of all of us. Yeah. Um, I like the idea as well that you can't upload a level until you can beat it. So even ah. if you make something ridiculously hard, you have to prove that it's doable. Otherwise, That's nice. Yeah, otherwise they won't accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving into July, um, this is when you and come streaming back in because Ultimate Alliance 3 is out on the 19th of July on the Switch only, which. Uh-oh. You know, uh, do you want to get a switch for that, mate? I mean, I'll just mooch off you. You will. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to bring in, it in. in the, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why is it not out on the video? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's stupid. Who decided? Oh, yeah, that, that series that was on literally every platform. Why don't we just make it? It's on one of the three now. I don't know if uh, Marvel are just sort of going back to the drawing board. and Because, like, Spidey was only on PS4, which you could kind of understand because Sony have had a, a relationship with Spider-Man over the yes. years. Yes. Uh, Ultimate it's, it's interesting because, obviously, we, we've heard absolutely the square root of bugger all regarding the Avengers <laughs> project which they announced God I forgot about that years ago now yeah um, and Ultimate Alliance 3 almost seems like it's a little bit of like a not to detract from like the the, the work that they've put into it but mm-hmm. it definitely seems almost like it's a little stopgap in between we get the more meteor experiences mm. again and I would I'm, I'm, I love those games I'm just literally I'm writing a, a list on like the superheroes games that let you nail the characters mm-hmm. and I'm I was mentioning Raven Software's X-Men Legends and Ultimate Alliance games Ooh. and if they can get anything near the dedication to to the lore that those earlier mm-hmm. games did, I'm really excited. The only downside that I have about this game at the moment is they've shown nothing, relatively little about the story. Yeah. They focus mostly on the combat, and to me, playing those older Marvel games, it was all about like exploring the different hub worlds that you had and interacting mm-hmm. with different characters. I've seen very few role-playing elements so far. It's yeah. mostly just been gameplay and and different little kind of brawling segments. Because so. we got um, a little bit of a look into it, because uh, Game Informer uh, are doing like an exclusive thing at the minute, yes. so they're rolling out a few gameplay videos. So they 
they, they keep talking about their impressions with it and like the idea that you can you know buff their different character moves and you slot your different components in standard upgradey mm-hmm. kind of RPG light stuff um, but yeah they've kind of been steering clear of the story stuff which I loved the only thing that I loved about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 was that you could pick what side of the Civil War you wanted to be on they, they, so they got the wrong side for Daredevil for <laughs> one. he was on the anti-registration one they put him on the pro what are they one. even thinking wrong after the same devs that gave us a little X-Men quiz machine in the first game when you actually, were actually really... Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 was Treyarch and not Ooh. Raven so, well yeah. well there you still go. but I like the idea that you um, can answer actually the podcast I think you'll find <laughs> that uh, yeah I still like that they kind of have that like fan focused mentality though mm-hmm. I guess it goes across both but just give me random Marvel quizzes in my games anyway yes. Benji do you care yeah I mean no <laughs> I'm not a comics fan it's alright he's a Shenmue of... fan I don't expect him to be an, into anything else outside of Sonic the Comic and the Beano <laughs> but I do I actually have a question why has it been 10 years since the last Ultimate Alliance given it's the popularity of Marvel it's really weird because Ultimate Alliance 2 took a while to come out as well because mm. we had the first Ultimate Alliance came out in 2006 sure uh, and then Ultimate Alliance 2 didn't come out until 2009 so that was, that was quite a sizable gap back yeah. then because uh, X-Men Legends and X-Men Legends 2 released back to back 2004-2005 mm-hmm. uh, this one there's always been a clear love for that series like they released the um Activision again when they kind of they were fanning around the license a few years ago mm-hmm. they released uh, two remasters for the game uh, for Ultimate Alliance one and two that you could get that are no longer available on either store now because Activision's thing with Marvel That's such expired. a weird release that, and it's yeah. it's so weird so it's like effectively it's weird they've cultivated this audience for this this game series mm-hmm. people will probably experience those games primarily on PS2 and Xbox mm-hmm. and then on PS3 and Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's only on Nintendo now and 10 years it's after... It's a weird swerve. Or, or 13 years after the... the, the well, no, 10 years after Ultimate Alliance 2 came yes. out. It's very, very weird. So It makes I, me I think... Because um, that was one of the, the, the worries kind of that I had Like, was just why is this an Ultimate Alliance game and not just like another... any arbitrary you know, Marvel brawler number mm. 3000 or whatever. Um, and yeah, like because they haven't shown the story side of it. I mean, it's not that there's a through line necessarily between the other two. No. Too much. No. Um, but it is set in that same universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the feels like very similar <laughs> in terms of the presentation and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of like willing them to just show a little bit more off. We're getting closer and closer to release yeah. and all we know is that it's a big brawler. And, and they've got it. Thanos and the Black Order. They haven't shown yeah. off anything. And it, again, the snick of me is like, oh, you put in Thanos in it, are you? Because it's Endgame. Oh, yeah, I'll see how it is. But, well. I know, I'll, I'll drink in a nice yeah. excuse to play as those characters. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, I'm coming out of Endgame, I wanted something Marvel related to mm-hmm. play. And there's very little other than Spidey on PS4. Um, so I went down a horrible hole of downloading random Marvel apps. And there's a lot of bad stuff in there. There is a lot of bad there's stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of the Contest of Champions and Strike Force and all that. Yeah. I just want to play as Nebula and kick stuff. It's ridiculous that Marvel haven't... Ca- and again, it's weird as well because we talk about Marvel not really capitalizing on stuff after mm. Spider-Man came out. It's been years since DC have done their last superhero game for God, like an actual yeah. like, current-gen system. So maybe all the last three will be good. Mm. I, just, I don't like the whole exclusivity thing. I felt for Xbox owners when Spidey <laughs> was like a PS4 only title. Like, yeah, I, I, did, I did feel for them for that. Like, I just don't think it know. makes any sense. No. Like when, when it's this big yes. and Marvel's trying to make these big strides. I mean, I guess the Avengers project will be on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not the Switch, ironically. Mm. But, um, you know, they're making these big strides to be like, we're coming back to gaming because every uh, movie used to have its tie-in and we haven't had that for the longest oh, when time. When Sega were doing it, those yeah. were bad. Those were bad. <laughs> those were really I, will, bad. I will always hold up for, uh, I forget who developed the Captain America tie-in game. 
game, but I like that game. That game is fun. That game is Arkham Asylum Light, but you can throw a shield around, which I'll, you know, I'll take some throwing the shield around. Ewan's nodding for the audio listeners. He's not really, but I'll I'll take his, his inner nod. I'm not nodding. He's not nodding. It's, it's, a, it's a disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. Um, Benji, do you see yourself checking out an RPG based around Marvel superheroes, or do you continue to not be bothered? I continue to not be bothered. Fair. I'm How dare you? I know. I to catch the last five minutes. How about the words Fire Emblem on coming on the 26th of July? Are you a Fire Emblem fan? Am I the only Fire Emblem fan in the room? The Fire Emblem games <laughs> are extremely consistent in terms of quality. Yes. Uh, however, I'm much too thick to enjoy tactical <laughs> RPGs. No, you're not. I, They're great. I, I, well, I, at the very least, I'm far too impatient. Fair. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't say anything against the quality of the manner. Mm. This will be another... It'll be another feather in that cap, but one will almost certainly result in yet another blue-haired, generic RPG character appearing in Smash Bros. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications including botulinum toxins as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Oh, okay, that's the, the one downside to Fire Emblem getting yeah. bigger and bigger in the West. Yeah, it's around the world. There's 15 of them now with various so many. indiscriminate names of them. Ike and Marth and Roy. Roy. Um, Roy? Yeah, Roy. Oh, oh, Nintendo might Roy. be on a quest to get a Roy into every single game at For this point. For two Roys in Smash yeah. Brothers. It's, I mean, I'll take the Fire Emblem Roy of the two, I think. Cooper Roy, maybe not. I'd prefer the coupling. Yeah. yeah. I don't even... Anyway, so. the point being that uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses is out on the 26th. Now, the last Fire Emblem game was Fire Emblem Heroes, which is like the uh, Musuo game, the Dynasty Warriors style thing, which Jules absolutely loves, where you just cleave 50 dudes. In oh, I know about Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like that whole genre is like, it kind of has its own little fan base in itself. Um, so Fire Emblem got in on that for a bit. Um, but Three Houses is the, the turn-based, the return to being turn-based. Um, I don't know what you guys think of turn-based strategy. I know you said you don't uh, have much patience for it. I don't, I don't like turn-based games. I just... I, I, Give me, I don't want to 
do a thing and then see my character do the cool thing. I, I want to do I, the cool oh, thing. I love that. I adore turn-based RPGs. <laughs> it's just for, as soon as the strategy comes involved, like Final Fantasy Tactics couldn't get away with Disco, the same. Ooh. I, I, and which is a shame because I absolutely adore the, uh, the aesthetic of that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, no, it's the same. It's the same oh, here as well. That thing you described is why I love the games. I want to plan it all out. I want to get my pincer movements in check, and then I want to hit the button. But you don't get really, really bored by the time the same animations couldn't affect the next yeah. boss counter. And it's a little bit. To be yeah. honest, in Fire Emblem, um, especially on the 3DS ones, they've put in different uh, little mini controls during those animations to speed them up or skip past them or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, don't betray the reason that we're you watching see, these things. Just this, this is a tangent, but mm. what we're discussing now, I love a turn-based RPG. Hell yeah. And both of us are looking at the Final Fantasy VII remake and thinking... Why can't it just be? It's the bad. Final the Final Fantasy VII remake looks bad. And then it's because of people like you and <laughs> who can't cope with turn-based. I, don't, <laughs> I can't cope. I just find it really, really boring. I, totally I want to do the thing. I want to watch it. I want to watch my. That's why I found when I was little and I played Knights of the Republic. Mm. Even though I, I got through it, I was like, why do I have to watch him do the thing? <laughs> the Jedi Knight lets me swing the lightsaber around. Yep. Why do I have to watch my friend go? Just, just holding the button, hoping for the best. And it just—it looks so stilted and awkward and uncinematic mm. as well. You're just there, like standing off against each other, waiting for your opponent to attack. It makes no sense. That is like. the thing uh, for three houses that they're, they're sort of tackling head on because it's very much and uh, they're taking a lot of influence from Valkyria Chronicles, which is uh, you know you have you sort of move your characters around in in real time and then when the uh, combat encounters happen, the camera zooms in and you get to see nice clashings of swords and all that kind of thing. And um, to try and show that like you know this is a battle happening all the time, it's just that you're zooming in to see different parts of it. So they're trying to address that side Do of you things. Enjoy battleships, yeah. Yes, because <laughs> that's that's different. That's, Is it? That's that's just that's a, no. That's completely different. Oh, you've had him there because but naval warfare. You know, like you, if you if you're a submarine, you don't know where it is. You got to plan where you're going, and you know that makes sense. That's true. Completely different. What are you trying to do? do you want to <laughs> implicate in, me on camera? There's flanking in, maneuvers in these games. In naval warfare, you don't have one of the belligerents firing a rocket and then waiting to receive a phone call. No, <laughs> from the other side. Oh, you hit us. Well, yeah, then. but battleships you play when you're like five, and you're having a good time. Oh, it's still good now though. Like like Final Fantasy VII, both good and when you're also, five. Also, do any of now. these games have the phrase you sunk my battleship in them they the don't is, to be fair no in fact the last battleships game was the movie tie-in which was just like they a, made a tie-in oh they did it actually it's did it have Rihanna in it battleships yeah. are licensed no, property Rihanna's not in it battleships well my opening thing was going to be that there's not been a good battleships game in, in ages um, but yeah they did a movie tie-in which was like a half Halo thing where it's all first person and you're running around punching aliens and apparently it was alright and then, then, then you do the other thing, the multiplayer, where you <laughs> I, zoom yeah, out I mean, and you do the actual battleship I, I, stuff. I can't even comprehend how you could possibly have a movie of battleships. It's like, have you not? Have you not seen the movie? I haven't seen the movie. Well, like but there a, is a movie. It's killed a, you, but there is a movie. If you had a movie tie-in of, of chess <laughs> or drafts, well, they're, they're making a Tetris movie. So. I definitely see like bloody Universal Pictures doing a chess movie where someone <laughs> they have a meta joke about the the knight. And it's like, oh, why aren't you called the horse? <laughs> literally anything with any fandom will eventually have its tie-in movie yeah. especially if you can do a Pac-Man movie or whatever um, so yes that's coming on the 26th of July uh, the next thing I've got down is Wolfenstein Youngblood on the 26th of July uh, which is going to follow the uh, the daughters of BJ Blazkowicz because I think I assume that he's just an old man now because mm. it's set in the 80s he might be dead I don't know um, we don't know yet until the game's out um, but what do you guys think about a co-op based Wolfenstein I love co-op why don't we have more you co-op you do love co-op why do we not have I, more co-op games I, none I, of us have real life totally friends totally agree and that is the big issue but I would play with you and quite happily me too but I want to play solo that's my thing I want no. my solo Wolfenstein but like I think, number two I think the reason why we don't have too many co-op games is because it's a tough sell you're mm. basically saying you need two people for us true I, I, I think I, the frustrating thing for me is I have some of my 
best favorite gaming memories come from co-op games like mm. playing a co-op campaign for like Splinter Cell Double Agent or like like stuff like that and then like even Beautiful. Conviction to a, to a lesser extent you know th- those games that you had to sit it's almost like watching a TV show with a friend and you can't watch the next episode until they're on full good, I love that idea and mm. I think co-op gameplay is the most gratifying kind of gameplay when you execute a plan and the game gives you the freedom to do something mm. that you can only do with a friend if you're both competent enough to do it yeah. there's something so uniquely appealing to me about that which is why I'm really excited about the upcoming Ghost Recon game and mm. also just about like yeah tactical co-op gameplay and like even if it's not that t- tactical just having something that you need to do with your friend is really really I'm fun. totally with you on the, the tactical side especially yeah. yeah something like Ghost Recon anything where you can just say I'm gonna go this way you go this yeah, way cover each other the sense of satisfaction when it comes to yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah yeah and I mean it's, di- it's difficult to replicate that like, yeah and like Wolfenstein I don't think will be aiming for that in the same way but I do like the idea of being involved in this stupid over the top <laughs> action game with your friend and uh-huh. like going I like that I think so. that they'll um, the thing is like with, with Wolfenstein 2 mm. um, they had re- they your health went away so yes. fast that you had to really consider the cover that you were in um, and like moving through the level and making sure who you were taking out first and all things like that so I wonder if there is like a, a slightly tactical mm. side where like if one of your friends is being flanked you can make the save in your giant mech with its 50 rockets and whatever and then you guys move forward again um, but yeah it's being set in the 80s it's kind of got this whole like retro synthwave thing which gets me on board um, but I just I don't know how much I care about more Wolfenstein at this point I don't know how much they can do when they've divorced it from the main part of the timeline. Wolfenstein's very cathartic to me because mm. it's just killing the worst dregs of humanity that over and true. over again. So gladly Actually, do that to with be a friend. So, two, yeah. two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, yeah they do. They make, a, they make a good video game. <laughs> so there is that. Um, the next thing down moving into August is uh, Control is finally out on the 27th. Now this is another game that I don't know if you guys know what Control is. Yeah, this is a latest project from Remedy. Yes. Um, it's been written by Samlik mm-hmm. and um, Mikhail Katsurinen, who... Of course, you might know from Max Payne. Yes. Sam Lake was the original face of Max Payne, yep, yep. I believe. He does the face in Alan Wake as well. He does, yeah. Um, <laughs> interestingly, it's the first game Remedy have released on a Sony console since Max Payne 2. Yeah, yeah. Like they, like they did Quantum Break. That's the only thing they've I done this Alan Wake right, was yeah. an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, it? it's really yeah. weird. Wow, jeez. Well, there so, we go. <laughs> so this control, it's, um, it's like a third-person Metroidvania. Use that term again. I didn't pick up on the Metroidvania vibes when I was watching the gameplay. But just well, in terms of the item progression. Yeah, because okay. it's all set within this one uh, location. It's like a brutalist skyscraper in New York. I mm-hmm. can't remember what it's called, but it's you basically progress throughout that, and as you unlock more abilities, you can go back and forth. Mm-hmm. But it, I actually like that use of the term Metroidvania, because mm-hmm. sometimes we get these genres um, which are named for other games like Souls, like, mm. and it means that every game that comes after tries to replicate rather than... Uh, evolve mm-hmm. whereas this is obviously not re- nothing like a castlevania game it's 3d and mm-hmm. it's uh, you've got this you've got weapon you've got, you've got like a weird transforming gun um because yeah. they the thing that i wish remedy would do is a more grounded game like the first max pains because yeah, well, it's even, not gonna be this one <laughs> no i know and it's like like with alan wake and quantum break like i they're really ambitious and i love remedy as a studio i think mm. sam lake's a hell of a creative uh, mind but like yeah with control it's another um more over the top it's like semi supernatural thing be that as it may mm-hmm. would you not agree that remedy and one of the most exciting studios to look oh, at oh yeah because i can never i can never whenever they they get ready to announce something new i was like i don't know what they're gonna do yeah, next. And yeah i find yeah. that really really cool because every other studio kind of falls into a kind of comfortable repetitive like rep- uh, pattern of just like doing the same stuff over mm-hmm. and over again with Remedy I'm always like well I don't know what you're going to do the next. worry and, that I have yeah. with that is that they've barely advertised it like, mm. like a few people know what I didn't even know is. it was coming out this summer exactly so, and it's yeah. like you know like the next game from the Max Payne studio like you know or Alan Wake studio should be a massive deal um, and I just worry for them because I like yeah they do prioritise artistry they prioritise their creative ideas and I love that but um, it needs to be backed up with solid like there's obviously a way to advertise mm-hmm. this um, you know you can still play on it because it still has slow motion it actually has a whole bunch of um, like psychokinetic powers like 
like in PsyOps or Second Sight where you can pick up parts of the environment and throw it at different people. You should be all over that. I know. And it's like, yeah, I just, the, the one game that nailed those powers was PsyOps back on the PS2. Um, and even Force Unleashed, I thought that it's oh, such God. a nitty, nitpicky thing, but I thought you threw stuff too fast. I couldn't I oh, couldn't enjoy it too much because I, I couldn't control it I too much. I enjoyed the little physics on that when you mm. try and grab a Stormtrooper and you grab onto the thing going, oh! <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I used to remember that because they called it like the Euphoria engine. Euphoria and it was the Euphoria and it was uh, Havoc as yes, well. Yes, and yeah. it was like the clinging onto stuff engine, yeah. which was a good way to go. Um, but yeah, and this seems like it's more object-based, but whatever. They've still got the, the classic Remedy style. style. Um, next thing is Shenmue 3 on the 27th of August, Benjamin Richardson. Well, you can wipe you the calendars man. clean of everything else. But you're going to say something else then. He's <laughs> <laughs> yes. very excited. Yeah, I mentioned earlier about... Um, Bloodstained, 5.5 mm. million. This actually 7.1 million dollars this accrued on Kickstarter. Which That's is, not got into the facial animations, has it? Yeah, it's an awful lot of money, which, given what we've seen from it so far, you're wondering precisely what it's been spaffed up the wall on. Uh, houses, <laughs> cars. The actual wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally the wall at this point. Now, at this point, I'm going to say I'm a huge Shemu fan. Uh, I've been waiting eight year, 18 years for this resolution, yeah. but... One of the unique things about Shenmue fans is that they love the series, but they, they are aware that it's not actually that good, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the actual fundaments of the game. Right. It's there's very little to it. There's the stories delivered so slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the action is. I mean, one of the highlights of the first game, as you mentioned earlier, is dialing the telephone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get a brochure. You read that brochure. There's a phone number on it. You can ring that phone number. Yeah, in Shenmue too, you get a haircut. That's, that's <laughs> one of the, 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 the um, most you important story arcs. It's pretty good. So, so people aren't really looking for like a groundbreaking like Breath of the Wild beat of open mm. world engine. They just want to know what happened, what's happened to this story. I think you've got you've got the major story side of it, and one of the biggest questions because you think about what Shenmue meant and means, or meant rather, to, to gaming, like that idea of a fully interactive well, open world. Thing, right? Shenmue, How do they even do that now? You can't. What Shenmue did was, I mean, it's basically what I mentioned earlier, but I'll put it in another way. It, it <laughs> get another haircut? No, no, no. Maybe? <laughs> it worldified a game rather mm. than trying to gamify the world. So like it allowed, that. like in Shenmue 2, you're in Hong Kong, and when you're in Wan Chai, you can go to the, um, the district where there's just maybe five or six different electronics stores, and you go in each of them, each of their own shopkeeper of different displays, and there's absolutely no reason for any of it to exist. <laughs> there's not one point in the game where you need to go and ask, uh-huh. oh, I need a CD player or whatever. It's just there mm-hmm. to be there. It's not like other games where it's there to serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. And and that's just that is purely for atmosphere. And uh, in two thousand and one and two thousand two, that's extraordinarily impressive. Yeah. Now, anything it does is going to look just you know like the, 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 the basic stuff most people would expect from any game. It's all yeah. they can deliver. It's uh, what do you call the creative director of uh, Yu Suzuki? Yeah, Yu Suzuki. It, um, he that that mentality kind of makes me think of David Cage, where like David Cage was like, well, you can go into a fridge and you can drink whatever you want in the morning, and you'll know that you did that and your character but did that. But the difference that, is, you, know? you can actually do it. Yes, yeah. you can look at a fridge. <laughs> but you, you can, can pick up some phones, you know. No, you can you can occasionally like pick up a vase and then look at it like this and then put it back down again. This I mean, that's is just... very interesting to me because every the way you describe this makes you think of Red Dead Redemption Two mm. and the way that that attitude of like we need to make sure that every single part of this world feels organic and lived mm-hmm. in and naturally exists, and even if it doesn't serve a specific purpose, it is there. You know that it's there. Shenmue, Shenmue does that in the way that the real world operates. Now you might notice in your everyday life. The vast majority of the time, you're not interacting with the world. You're just walking through it. Mm-hmm. You might go to a shop and talk to people, but you don't go around opening every door, every cupboard. <laughs> you don't pick things up. You don't like. 
uh-huh. talk to. I've no, that would be com- that would that would be, be a weird. little bit weird. Be yeah, weird. You, you don't have long conversations with strangers in the street unless you need to ask specific instructions, which is all you can do in Shenmue. <laughs> yeah. But people think, well, it's boring, you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. But that's the point. That of is it. what you do. I think that's, yeah, that's the thing that fascinates me the most, is how do they replicate that feel? Because that was so revolutionary for back in 2002, or well, 2001, 2002. Not only, not only is it impossible, but the setting of Shenmue 3 is also going to let it down, because one of the joys of the original Shenmue was being in this uh, small suburb, Japan, mm-hmm. Japanese suburb, um, Yokosuka, uh, it's actually called Debrita. That's it's fictional, but um, just because you visited it, oh, got the knowledge. <laughs> actually, I actually yeah. didn't. I uh, couldn't be bothered. I went to Hong, the location in Hong Kong. That's besides <laughs> the point. Um, it was actually fascinating to see a town and shops and everyday life mm. represented like that. Mm-hmm. And Hong Kong was another step up because that was a city. We hadn't seen many cities on that scale in games. Yeah. Uh, and, and with that level of detail, but this is in a village, a small Chinese fishing village, uh, Bailu. I think it's in. Uh, Guangzhou province, mm-hmm. and there's not going to be much there to really Maybe that's the see. tease. Maybe you go to the city after you've been to the little village. Not from what we've been told. Mm. But I think there's a couple of other locations. There's a, one, a bigger town, but there's nothing on the scale of Kowloon or Wanchai. Okay. I, I live to be, I mean, that seven million must have gone somewhere, and it wouldn't have gone into a little village. I, c- I, I, I can't. <laughs> they just took the money and bought houses and new I cars. I can't criticize Yu Suzuki for anything. He's one of the most influential minds in the history of video mm-hmm. games. Uh, Outrun redefined what a game could be. It redefined a game as, as an experience rather than a player thing. You could hang his whole career on Shenmue and it would be enough. He could, yeah. Uh, you also have things like Virtual Fighter, mm. which was a big step up in that genre and, and um, hang on, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and Space Harry, like just, just momentous games. But mm-hmm. I think eight, 18 years have, have passed since his last game. And I almost felt like he was in comfortable retirement and he's being said, look, come out. <laughs> Like, Go back to this just thing. Just when I think I'm out, they pull they me back, back in. in. Seven million dollars. <laughs> Seven million dollars. Can you come out, do some press releases, come up with some mm. big words about how great this is? Just lend your mind. It's a hell a of a bit. paycheck. Like, I it mean, is. depending on how much this game inevitably uh, and, and inevitably costs, um, that is a hell of a way to sort of come back, cash in, well, get what, out again. What I will say is, it can't disappoint. It doesn't matter what <laughs> it does. Existing, right? Yeah, is all anyone wants. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean. Reels has a key. I don't want to spoil Shenmue 2 for anyone who hasn't played it, but he's, he's spent the last 18 years in a cave. Right? <laughs> with a mirror with a in his box of scraps. <laughs> now, I, I would argue that if, if, if you manage to fill Shenmue badly enough mm-hmm. and, like, doss off at the arcades for something like 50 days in a row, mm-hmm. eventually you will see a bad ending. Right. Where he gets killed. Uh-huh. So perhaps we could consider that the canonical ending. You could if you need to. So then we maybe do, have, already we do have an ending, but we've also we're going to get a much more expensive ending. Not mm-hmm. as expensive as, as the original two games. At least I live to be impressed or just fascinated by the very idea of the game. It'll, it's the most interesting game coming out. Put it that way. Mm. But it probably won't be the best by any stretch. It'll be more Shenmue. Which is what the franchise has kind of always been. Anyway, let's let's move on to another thing. It's got lots of action in it. Very quickly, because I've got another one after this. Um, but Astral Chain is out on the 30th of July, which is... Uh, sorry, 30th of August. What's that? That's the new Platinum Games game. You know how Platinum Games made the best action games in the it's, world? Uh, Except the last Teenage Ninja Turtles game they did, which was bad. It was bad. So it was a Transformers game. But we don't talk about that. We talk about Metal Gear Rising, and we talk about... What was the last? Nier Automata. Takesa Tara. I think so. Yeah. It's very much like aesthetically 
follows it in the footsteps of Nier Automata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, they, yeah, they plan to have had their combat model down for years at this point. But, um, yeah, Astral Chain is, like, this kind of cyberpunk-looking, like, super sci-fi ninja with your little ninja dog, and your dog's got, like, blue veins in it. And it's, like, maybe it's a wolf. I don't know. John Wick? But yeah. But cyberpunk yeah. swords is what you're telling me. I mean, if you put that on the side of a billboard, <laughs> I will buy the thing. Um, there's not that much out there for Astral Chain other than Nintendo showed it off in one of their directs, so we know that it's coming. Um, I'm only highlighting it because it's the next game from Platinum, and, like, I said they do some of the best action uh, in gaming um, and the one the thing I was going to end on is moving into September on the 13th is Borderlands 3 which I don't care that much about Borderlands but I know you it does I do I like Borderlands I like both of them get, go on get excited about Borderlands uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this yeah. I think the world it looks the, the sheer scale and ambition of like what they're doing with this mm. I mean if you go back to Borderlands 1 it's literally just brown and then Borderlands 2 had a few different environments like you had the snowy peaks you had like the desert area mm -hmm. again you had a more urbanized like city area as well this looks like it's just going everywhere. Mm -hmm. and I know the whole motto, bigger, the old adage, bigger is better, doesn't always, you know, apply to video games in the modern day. I think I speak for pretty much most people here. When you have an open world game, mm. sometimes it can be an overwhelming assault on the senses and mm -hmm. you don't want to invest in anything. And there's also the worry here with Borderlands 3 that, you know, in age of destinies and bloody Anthem, anthems, yeah. that what if something has been lost in the way? Because in many ways, Borderlands is the precursor to all of those. Totally, yeah. Um, so, and it doesn't really get the credit that it deserves for, for kind of no, kickstarting that whole trend. Everyone cites Destiny as like yeah. the whole like the loot shooter yes. kind of thing, and it's like not really. But um, Borderlands definitely has still still has appeal. That world still is fascinates me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still kind of interested to go in there. And I, the thing that I'm really happy about is that it still stayed even years after you know we had what was it like seven years of nothing, yes. and yet Borderlands is still a very recognizable IP. Oh yeah, and like I'm I'm still very excited about it. Even so. like a few shots of um, I forgot you call the various character types and stuff, but like it has a very definable art style. Yes. even though it's like it's kind of cell shaded. It's like you know. It's like that mad everyone, style. everyone remembers like the the original characters from the first mm. game, and like I love how they're kind of the the I don't know. It's it's they've been talking about this game for years, yeah. and the fact that it's finally been announced and we finally know it's coming is great to hear. So mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I'm tentatively optimistic. I think so. um, one of the things for this year was that obviously with Rage Two coming out, it's mm -hmm. like some similar ground in terms of the whole wasteland, like hyper kinetic kind of combat and the general color palette and everything. Rage Two is actually kind of terrible. So like Borderlands Two, <laughs> Borderlands Three yeah. has a nice little venue to sort of go in and go. No, this is how you do. And that was the interesting thing with the, with the first Rage game is that it felt like the anti Borderlands in the sense mm. that it was the same kind of setting, but it was grimly serious like i know they had like the the frisbee stuff and they kind of leaned into some mad mass mad max-esque qualities mm -hmm. to it but it wasn't anywhere near as fun or as irreverent mm -hmm. as borderlands so yeah maybe that maybe we can get the antidote to the thing that was trying to be the new borderlands that just came out the other day and it's not as good so maybe yeah. we could actually get the thing the thing I don't know. the thing with rage 2 is that it advertises itself to have that sort of like really fun over the top self-aware kind of tone and then it just doesn't so i think something like borderlands 3 if it's written like the script's nice and tight and mm -hmm. they have those little like playful comments on the genre yeah. or whatever there's totally a way for it to belong better than ever really um benji thoughts on borderlands 3 oh none <laughs> i uh i don't like shooting things very fair you'll but be playing shenmue 3 at this point anyway yes i will there's, there's another game go on to mention which only has a tentative release to okay but it could is it within the summer, the summer window it, may, be it, could, this. it could be good okay it's uh Ori in the will of wisps oh very which true i personally don't think it's going to come out till winter mm. if at all but i would be surprised if they hang back until another xbox is announced what would be the point, though? Because then you've got something on an Xbox yeah, for true, a change. but it's not really something that would sell new hardware. True. Still, that but game if, does if, look gorgeous. If that game comes out in the summer, then that's me mad. Mm -hmm. uh, just as a quick little uh, thing for that, Ori in the Blind Forest is still one of the most recommendable side-scrolling platformers this gen. Yeah. Pretty much the best side-scrolling platformer this gen. Maybe. Yeah, I'm going to say that. 
<laughs> it's, 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 it's really, really hard to argue with that. I think, yeah, just, just in terms of the sheer the visual design and the fact that it was developed all around the world, then they put everything back together. Yeah, just the fluidity of it as mm -hmm. well. It's, 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 it's perfect. So, yes, so these have been our handpicked choices for all the games releasing across summer 2019. Let us know your favorites down in the comments if you're watching the video version, or come find us on social media if you're listening on a variety of audio platforms. But now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast, and a video host got Tilford joined by Benjamin Richardson. Goodbye. Bye, Shane Moving. <laughs> and you in person. Bye, I contributed. He did, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.